Kona dreaming is my little boy, Joe Skipper. He's finally into Kona. Um, well, you, you flew in like last Tuesday. Right now it's Friday. A bit later with the podcast, we've got this time difference. We need to see how that works in the upcoming days. But, mate, so glad to see you there. How are you feeling? I feel, I feel pretty good. Uh, the weather's actually all right at this time in the morning. Uh, 7.20 in the morning here and uh, sat outside, not having to hide in the aircon, mate. So, uh, so it's all you, good at the moment. You, you're wearing a sweater. Are no, you wearing it's a, a t-shirt? T-shirt, mate. Oh, it's a t-shirt. Oh, it looked like a sweater. I was yeah. thinking, like, what is this? Is it like Ben uh, Canute heat, heat, heat acclimatation or something? Yeah. Heat acclimation, mate. Just wear a sweater. Run along alley drive. You, did you did you already have brekkie? Yeah, yeah. I've had breakfast. I've been up since five o'clock in the morning, mate. Oh. Quarter past five. What's, I woke up. What's the um, what's the deal like? Where are you at in Kona? Uh, literally just off Palani Hill. So a two-minute, three-minute walk tops to the race start. Perfect location. You just literally just ride up the line. And are you, are you there for the whole, whole whole period? Yeah, the whole period. So, oh my God. Did great. you have to take a mortgage? Uh, no, it weren't too bad in the end. <laughs> 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 you just you always just like to complain. You're such a wimp. <laughs> um, but, but anyway, how's, how's the week, mate? Yeah. Uh, any highs and lows? I'll, I won't eat for the rest of the year, but it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> but, the, the pound to dollar is terrible, but at least the prize money works out better. <laughs> yeah well hopefully hopefully mate how's um how's the week been any highs and lows mate you've had a long flip and travel come on you you must oh, have some lows man the last the first the last bit of the travel was horrific like uh, flying from seattle to uh to kona it was like a six hour 15 flight after having just done a 10 hour one and then i think there was like four hour layover we had in the airport which is not really that relaxing because you have to go pick your bike up then you know it's like in america then oh, recheck yeah, it in yeah. and do all that messing around. Was it um, was it really busy when you arrived? No, not busy at all. It was actually quite nice. Uh, what do you mean, Kona or in Seattle? Seattle. Yeah. Oh Seattle. yeah, it's fine. Like no, it was it was actually all right. Um, but the um, the uh, flight, the next flight is horrendous because you're on like a proper low cost kind of airplane. You know, like when you get the cheap ones, you book like a Ryanair flight or an EasyJet flight, mm-hmm, don't you? Mm-hmm. You know what they're like. It was like that yep. for six hours, 15. They don't give you any Damn. food. You get the odd drink, or but it was just like your legs just feel horrific by the time you finish that flight. How's that? Um, How, and why there's nothing you, do you can that? do about it. I don't know. There's no option to like get better seats or anything. It's literally every, I I've, mean, I've been there. there I've been there with a proper seat, plane. But... I've been there with a proper plane, but nine out of 10 times the flight to Kona is always. Well, you mean in the last, last mean, connection, like right? Well, yeah, what you mean? One, like the one where you've got business class and stuff yeah. like that no like, really, like i've never a, seen that on the a plane with like space with food with like everything all oh, right well they gave you a couple of pretzels and that was about it the pretzels that was all you got Just because so many germans yeah. go to kona <laughs> but yeah that was all they gave you was like some pretzels and then water i was kept falling asleep and then they kept like i was on the end seat and they kept walking past and as they walked past they'd like brush my arm and it would kept waking me up. So it was like, you know, you'd fall asleep. You'd be asleep for like 30 seconds. Then you'd get woken up. And it was like that for six mm-hmm. hours. I felt like dead by the time oh I got there. Oh, my God. Like Sounds like Lewis money, timed yeah. it from. He took Lewis timed it from door to door. And it was 28 and a half hours from when he left his to when we got into the door of this place. That's flippant. Like nuts. crazy, isn't it? And then. What's the. Uh, had a little what's the next thing? A, well, do you want me to do it in order? Like. I yeah, mean, this is kind on. of a low, but it's not really so much. You know what it's like running Kona. Ran, did a run yesterday, kind of like the time that you'd be running on race day, uh, just because 
I overslept part of the reason. And uh, so then I was like, <laughs> had no choice about it. <laughs> like, I was expecting to wake up at like six because of jet lag, but I didn't wake up until half eight. So by the time I got oh. out the door at like 10, it was like absolutely roasting. Um, so I was like, oh, this is, well, we'll see how it goes. So he ran, run like 50 minutes from mine all the way along alley driving. And you know, when you get to the end, there's that hill, isn't there? Well, we did the bricks yeah, yeah, yeah. time, two 5k runs. Yeah. So I'd run up that hill, turn right, and then a cut about a K and a bit down there. I did a turn. So I ran 48 minutes to 50 minutes. It was 11k out, 11k back. And then when I got to the bottom of that hill, I started a bit of a tempo, like 30 minute tempo towards town. Wanted mm-hmm. to run like 345k pace. I saw your heart rate went up pretty high for that. Yeah, because it was fucking roasting, mate. Like, yeah, yeah. it was like second day here. Like, it was uh, exactly. And so you're jet lagged, long travel. So I could see well, you were working. Just, yeah, I was working like fairly hard. It's, but the heat is uh, horrendous, isn't it? It's not like running in Norwich or the Hague, is it? Where it's like 15 degrees. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's a different, not really. different, different gravy out here, mate. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, this uh, this this homeless guy kicked off at me yesterday was uh like i was joking around so we were we went for a swim in the in the ocean so we literally just walked down there hat swim hat goggles swim trunks and i wore a vest that was that was it and some sandals it was all i wore to get down there because you don't want to leave anything because mm-hmm. people can nick it because all no. your stuff's like there's no lockers or anything is there yeah, so I went uh, for a swim. yeah oh my god while we were swimming it was so the waves were huge mate biggest i've seen in kona and um <laughs> we were swimming and we were kind of going up and down over the swell up and down and if the way, if you were slightly, say if you were swimming the boy line, the waves, you'd be like almost at the point where the waves breaking on you. And then there were some huge reefs and like coral and like rocks that it would like just plumb, like pummel you into. Like the waves were massive. So we had to swim right far out because uh, we saw them. I stopped at one point and me and Lewis didn't realize that the waves were coming in because we were obviously just going over the swell and didn't really realize we were just heading out, like trying to follow the course. And then I stopped at one bit, you know, because we'd done about 600 meters just to see, because I couldn't see the boys and I wanted to have a proper look. And I saw the wave and I said, bloody hell, look at the size of that thing. And Lewis was like, oh my God, if that gets us, that's going to kill us. <laughs> so we ended up moving out, but it was like proper dicey. And then coming back in with the waves was a bit sketchy. Um, I kept thinking, God, is this wave going to like take me into the rocks? But no, we survived. And then on the way back, we were just having a joke around and there was this guy who was like, I don't think he's homeless. I think he's a, he's a career beggar, like, because they mm-hmm. get a load of money out here. But I was just joking around mm. and I said, oh, mate, you ain't going to get much change off the people around here. They don't like, they don't like giving it. He said, are you going to give me some change? I said, oh, I haven't got anything on me. I've literally just been for a swim. He go, well, you ain't going to give me any change. What are you saying? Like that and, or something. And I was like, oh, so- sorry, mate. Like, I didn't mean any offense to it. I was just having a bit of a laugh. And he went, you're rude <laughs> and stuff. And then he goes, I told you once, I told you twice, third time I ain't going to be so nice. <laughs> but he, like, he said some more, but he properly kicked off. And I said, well, was any joking, mate? Like, because you know what, like the people in Kona, like we'd been out on the bike rides the day before and like the cars were nearly hitting us, you know, like absolutely mm-hmm. crazy, like bibbing their horns, proper mental. Yeah, and we yeah. Were like, they don't like triathletes, don't they? definitely not this bit like um why like and um yeah it was just they were so close as well like uh we we didn't go on the queen k we went on the road that was like the higher road that runs kind of like yeah i saw that one yeah proper sketchy uh worst car drivers i've seen in my life there like they're worse i think because they haven't seen the ironman in three years so like a lot of people have moved (laughs) to the island i think not expecting like all these triathletes to descend on it and they're just 
crazy, mate. Um, we couldn't ride, me and Lewis couldn't ride like side by side on it because you would probably get pummels. And then Rudy Von Berg told me that one person gets killed every year on that road. And I was like, all right. <laughs> but it's weird because it's a quiet road. It's not even busy. Like they could easily overtake and like give you plenty of room. But for some reason, they just want to drive really close to you, almost like to, to scare you mm-hmm. on purpose, you know. And they're all like trucks, you know, like them like uh, pickup trucks and stuff that do it. Like some of the car, the normal cars aren't too bad. Classic. But the guys they wouldn't drive a thing yeah. like that if they knew the gas prices in Europe. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. They moan about the gas prices out here. It's absolutely nuts. Yeah. All right. So that's the highs and lows then for you. What's the, it's the for a third day now there for you, isn't it? Third, fourth? Uh, Wednesday. Yeah. Third, third full day. Like got here late on Tuesday night, like basically 11 p.m. I think. What are you doing like today? Going to do a ride with some efforts, mate. Bit of tempo. <laughs> Bit of Bit tempo. Of, of course. That yeah, sounds no, fresh old, just the way I like a it. Fresh old session, <laughs> <laughs> and then um, go for a swim and a gym session. Race day must be two weeks away now. Two weeks on Saturday, so yeah, fifteen days. Mm. The women's race is less than two weeks away now, so that will be interesting to see that. So literally, Talk run right the game plan. What, what are you doing then? The next few days. Similar stuff to what we did in uh, Font Rameau, just literally carrying on on the training we did there. Yeah, I, I know, so, I know what you're doing. doing but tell the people that's listening, they're listening. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, we'll do a run session Saturday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they'll be like, oh, God, so run session Saturday morning. Um, probably on that old airfield. Did you do the run session with me there before last time we were here or not? Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah, so on that old airfield thing, do a run there because I don't think there's a track, is there in Kona? know if i'll google it later. oh yeah there is one over at there is a a track there where that pool is remember when we when we went swimming in the pool in the mountains what there was a running track up there i think there was a running track yeah there i don't think there's one there i know there's one like where lionel's been before but i think it's quite a drive it's like 30 or 40 minutes i just don't sit i can't don't know if it's really worth it just to run the track no um you know so um i'll probably just run at that airfield loop whatever it is and then uh do a bike ride on Saturday, a couple of hours, and then a swim, probably maybe go to the pool or in the open water. It's so nice, isn't it? Swimming in that ocean out here. That I know. Have you seen the dolphins already? Uh, no, I haven't seen the dolphins. Saw some fish. Um, but <laughs> don't have to worry about the sharks, mate, out here. It's too expensive for them to come in. Yeah. <laughs> they don't stay. <laughs> um, and then Sunday, do a long ride. Well, I actually want to bike up Monarchia on Sunday. So some people might have seen a post where I was asking about pedals. I haven't forgot my pedals because a lot of people wondering. I was looking at getting a bike, a road bike to do it on, and I wanted to get my power pedals because you know what I'm like, mate. I like the data, don't I? I don't want to ride blind. You you do so like data. I want to try and I want yeah. So I was like, can I, I wonder if I can get some pedals? And I don't really want to do it any later than Sunday because it's a decent ride, isn't it? Up there, you know, two weeks out is okay, but I don't really want to be doing it ten days out riding up Monarchy, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like Sunday's like the last, tra- the only chance really. Um. And this, for anyone that doesn't know, this is the longest continuous climb, I think, on earth or the longest climb you can actually ride up in terms of from elevation in one go, obviously. Yeah, yeah. because yeah, there might be some climbs in like South America that top out higher than 4,200 meters, but they might start at 2,000 meters or 1,000 meters or sea level. Whereas mm-hmm. this is from sea level to 4,205 meters in one go. Volker um, Fork Foyd. Volker's done it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Have you and got your gravel? So you've got your hours. gravel bike with you. 
No, I haven't got my gravel bike. I've got my TT bike. But I've been Googling, mate, and looking at YouTube videos. The gravel section looks le- not as bad as what you did up Rocky Corber on the road bike. Um, and it's only 7Ks mate, on gravel. And then you go back onto road. Dude, I've I've been there before in a car that is, you, you, you can't yeah. ride up there in a TT bike, mate. Why? It's way like, too rocky. Problem? I've been up in a car and I don't mind it being too, I don't remember it being too bad. What's wrong with it? Shit, when load you of rocks. Went up there, like, literally, literally rocks everywhere. No, it's not rocks, is it? It's just hard packed gravel, isn't it? Mm, I don't know. I'll send you a couple Both of videos because I'm still. Have you? You got a few yeah, videos but... on there. Yeah, send me yeah. and I'll have a look. But I was looking to. Oh, yeah, but there is a high bike that you can get, like a roadie. But like, I was thinking I'll just do it on the TT bike and see how far I can get. But well, so, you can always do that. You've got a battle away for. So basically, it's 600 meters it gains on the gravel. Then you go back onto the road for the last like 10k. So it's just that 7k section. But that would be a proper bucket list ride to do, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one of the hardest. And we need to get a support vehicle. Yeah, we need to get a support yeah. vehicle because obviously you can't get anywhere. There's nowhere to get any drinks. And when you get to the top, probably check your bikes in and get a lift back because I think the climb's not mm-hmm. really going to be that. It's going to be so cold descending it, isn't it? You know, um, I think it's zero degrees at the top from when I went there before. But mm-hmm. it would be pretty cool, wouldn't it, to do? I've wanted to do that since the first time I come to Kona in 2015. Like it's been on my bucket list to do, and I just really, but, really want to do it. But wouldn't you say it's too much fucking about? Not really. Like once you get to the top, you just chuck your bike in the car and just get a lift back. It's only an hour in it to get home from there. So you think it's a good session? I think it would be a great session, and it would be bloody fun, wouldn't it? Get fit or like, get fucked. <laughs> if I, I want to try and take the com that's why i want to do it i want to try and take the com off phil guyman <laughs> all right four hours 58 you'd be up for it wouldn't you if you were here you'd you'd have quite liked to have done that wouldn't you yeah because i wasn't racing <laughs> the shame my bike my tt bike doesn't have the uh, clearance because i could have got my dad to take out some gravel wheels for the tt bike couldn't i when is he coming out then he's coming out on tuesday i think but yeah, so it's mm-hmm. a bit late. But like, uh, if, it would be. Uh, I can I can sense you that you're in the. I was going to say I can sense you're in the middle of the flipping nowhere because there's a slight delay in like the connection. You can sense it too, right? I, I hopefully no, in the after right. edit. It, does it? Oh, maybe you're just yeah. weird then. <laughs> now there's a slight delay in the connection. Is it? Hopefully it's all right. Yeah. All right. Because sometimes it takes like a millisecond or half a second before you reply, but it's what it is, mate. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to? Do you want to hear a low? A low of the week. Go on, yeah. Give us a low. We've um, monetized our account on YouTube. Remember that we made twenty quid in total over the last couple of months. Oh yeah. Well, I saw that um, our videos are only um, limited available for ads. So in the last couple of videos that had like a shitload of views, we made $2.30. Why are they limited? Why wouldn't they let you have ads on them? <laughs> Dude, I've no clue. But we oh. need, I think we need to share a coffee. <laughs> yeah. In Kona, we'd get like, we'd have to have like half a cup each, wouldn't we? Like you can have the first bit, I'll have the second bit or whatever, you know, it'd be like, you'd have to like do rocks, paper, scissors over who got the first half of the coffee or something, wouldn't you? Or just yeah, tell the barista yeah. to do half an espresso in each one and fill it up with half a milk. 
because we've only got five dollars between well, us. Two, no, it's not even five dollars. It's two dollars thirty. Oh, two dollars thirty. God, you won't even get a biscuit out here for that. <laughs> that guy, anyway. that, off, that homeless guy, or not homeless guy, the career guy down there. He's definitely not homeless because he was wearing way nicer clothes than what a homeless person wears. So I, I'm pretty sure he wasn't. But he wouldn't. He only takes notes, mate. He wouldn't take change. Wow. That is That's, crazy. Yeah, because it's not worth his time. He he jumps in a Porsche, mate. He finishes out here and he jumps in a bloody uh, KN, mate, and drives home in it. Like, what? You don't get many Americans driving Porsche KNs, do you? Would um, did you taste the chicken already in in Kona? I've bought a chicken, mate. A nice cooked one, nice big cooked one from the rotisserie bit. You got to keep the chicken Shut game up, up, mate. But I haven't had chicken yet. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I bought a nice big chicken, mate. Five, only five dollars, six dollars for it, something like that from Costco. Huge old thing, mate. That was like a turkey. It must've been when it was alive. Cause you, you know, <laughs> you knew you mate, were chicken, flying in Wales. Exactly. So I'm like, well, I've, if it worked in Wales, it might work in Kona. I'll keep the chicken game strong. <laughs> what, chicken um, and tuna. Shall we quickly head over to, um, to the PTO race, mate? I've got a love story. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want me to do, should I do the, I've got a triathlon love story. Do you want me to do it before or after the PTO race? I need some love. I need some love. Give me the love story. So I've called this, I've changed the names in this a bit. So this is a triathlon love story. And this is from Derek Johnson, AKA DJ. So uh, DJ, he says DJ, that's what I've called him. Yeah. Derek Johnson. Uh, it all started back at the end of 2021. I'd been single for a while and was finding it pretty lonely, especially during COVID. I was very pleased when a bit of normality started in 2021 and the world began to open up. I even decided a lifestyle change, so I entered a triathlon. I was quickly hooked and really enjoyed the sport. At an end of season race, I was in transition getting my gear all ready and found myself tra uh, chatting to a very attractive lady. What do you think of that, eh? You know, wow, loving it, that isn't is, Wow, well, yeah, <laughs> and let's then get going. He says... Um, I had been single for ages and she was gorgeous, so I didn't want to waste the opportunity. Anyway, to cut a long story short, she kind of agreed to date me if I didn't let her out swim me. It was a bit tongue in cheek. Did, did, did he say, how did he, did he say how he went up to her? Like, hey, what's your preferred choice of nutrition? What uh, gels do you use? Or, I don't know. I mean, he didn't he say that, but he, he probably did that. He, maybe it was like the, uh, <laughs> maybe she was uh, impressed, but he was probably the guy that owned the bike, you know, of all the sandwiches and everything on from our Instagram post of the week later in the show, you know, and she was like, wow, this guy's got a buffet. He, imagine what he eats at home. He must live like a king. Um, <laughs> so he says, to cut a long story short, she agreed to date me if I didn't let her out swim me. What do you think of that? Oh, damn. It He's got her out swim her to get a date. It better not yeah. be Lucy Charles. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. If she didn't want to date him, it'd probably be someone like Lucy Charles. And she's like, yeah, if you outswim me, I'll uh, date it. So he says, oh God, I thought I'm a terrible swimmer and see myself as more of a mammal. I'm made for dry land like a tiger. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then he just says, fingers, fingers crossed that she should do athlete. <laughs> yeah, he says, I didn't end up swimming Claudia. I've changed her name. I gave her a name, Claudia. I didn't end up swimming, out swimming Claudia. And she said I'd have to wait. She said if I could do my next 70.3 in a faster time than she swam at this race, she'd go on a date with me. I needed to improve by five minutes over the 1.9 kilometer swim. Wow. And when I got her back home, I quickly set about, achieving my, uh, set about improving my swim. 
normally I wouldn't have put this much effort in, but she was gorgeous and I really wanted this date. I know what you're thinking. Why put this much effort? Why put this much effort in there when there are plenty more fish in the sea? But in truth, I didn't want a catfish. I wanted this beautiful blue dolphin. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Anyway. 100%. <laughs> so, yeah, so he says, anyway, we stayed in contact. And after a tumultuous six months where I trained really hard in the swim, some weeks I almost thought I was a training for the bloody channel or something. I lined up at my next 70.3 at Marbella 70.3 and managed to improve my swim for my previous race by seven minutes, two minutes quicker wow. than I needed. And I got that date. Claudia agreed. And since then, we've actually been on many more dates and have really hit it off. Triathlon got me a girlfriend. Yours wow. truly. DJ. I think that is, that, is an, that is that is an awesome story because we all know that nine out of ten times triathlon sort of makes you lose your girlfriend because you spend so DJ. much time. <laughs> DJ got the date, but his sex drive's gone down too much. He's low in testosterone. He can't do anything. Uh... <laughs> no, but but um, he got it. Triathlon got her the date, and now he's going to lose the date because of triathlon. <laughs> but. Um, yeah, apart from now, that's um, that's a proper good story, and I mean, he really he really worked hard for it. I mean, um, he could have just been smart and picked a downstream swim and fucking banked that early on. <laughs> he could have done a forty-one minute swim like me at Chattanooga yeah. Ironman and said he's a forty-one yeah. minute Ironman swimmer. And he could have said like, "Come at me, baby, you've got it in the bank." But no, he yeah. worked proper hard for it. So I think um, the victory tasted tastes even sweeter. Well, that is a, a, a lovely story. Yeah, have we got? <laughs> Yeah, that is, don't you think? It is a nice story. Yeah, it is a nice story. It's funny though, isn't it? It just makes me laugh. Do you know what? Do you know what came up my mind? By the way, last week it was a couple of podcasts ago where we were talking about that pathetic alcohol beer celebration at the finish line of a professional, and I, and you were saying, oh yeah, if I win Ironman Wales, I'll have my dad bring a bottle of champagne because I won't, I won't have any of that flipping alcohol-free beer when I finish and win an Ironman. What happened? Yeah, he said. I had, uh, they gave us like that Prosecco. Oh, right. So we so had that, had we had that. My right. dad even said, do you want, yeah, he was standing near the finish line and he said, do you need me to get anything for it? He said, you can't <laughs> open that bloody alcohol-free beer. I said, no, nah, no, nah, I can see it. They've got the proper stuff. He said, all oh, right, all right. End up like spraying it. Took up having a shower at my mum and dad's because their hotel was right close to it, literally like a minute walk from the finish. Mm -hmm. Left the bottle there. My mum ended up finishing it off. Your your dad's said, a proper lad. Go in the end. <laughs> <laughs> all right um let's let's go over to the ptl race i said let's to him to i said to my dad what would you have done if they gave you the alcohol free beer what would you have done he goes i wouldn't have done it i wouldn't have got on the podium <laughs> i'd have told him if you want me to get up there you gotta give me the proper stuff <laughs> could you imagine if you said that you just couldn't say that they could yeah you know no, like no, they're, of like, course oh, not. they're like announcing everyone and you're just standing there with your arms folded and they're like what's the problem nope, why nope. aren't you going up you're like I'm not going up until you get me the Prosecco or the Champagne. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, tell me, uh, oh, let, let's talk about that PTO race last weekend, Dallas. Did you watch it? I did watch both of them. So, like, at the start of the bike, like, I thought it was a good swim, but what the one thing I think with the women's race in here, Wait, what, I've heard it oh, on another race, podcast race. where they spoke. Yeah, and... Um, they always seem to have a motorbike right at the start of the women's race. And obviously like shitloads of people must complain between the women's race and the men's race. And then they sort it out for the men's, but like 
the first part of the bike, it was literally there for about 15 minutes. After that, I think people must have been playing down on the ground and they moved the motorbike out a bit further. But still, it's a bit annoying because, like, the bike is, like, although it was slightly to the left or it was to the left of them, uh, it was about three or four metres, maybe five metres ahead and about one metre to the left. So, obviously, a huge benefit. And you're thinking, God, mm-hmm. from looking at the data, you know, what we've seen in that study that was published, it's probably a 30, 20 to 30% improvement in what's saved, isn't it? So, you know, mm-hmm. say you're putting out 200, for a female, you're putting out 280 to 300 watts at the start to, to go out hard anyway, to demoralise people. If you're saving 20 to 30%, that's the equivalent of putting out 360 to 390 watts, which is just ridiculous. Like, you know, people can't compete with that. So the gap's going to just go out so fast at the start. And people behind might be working yeah. out hard, working hard to try and yeah, prove they're... it. And they've got no chance. Uh, I... I didn't actually find it that that bad. I mean, I was thinking that, like, I, I I think what they should do, and they've already changed a lot, like, with the motorbikes behind, and in the men's race, it was mega fair. Um, oh, in the think, men's race, it was proper legit. Yeah. It was just for the they, first 15 minutes of the female one. Mm-hmm. I just want to say, first yeah, but, 15 but minutes there, of the female race. After well, we did a we did one about the Collins Cup, and I think if you compare the PTO Dallas race with the Collins Cup, like there's the, the broadcast was so good. I think with the stats, I mean, of course, there's still things that can improve, but it's it's only been a year that they started this whole shit. So I think um, um, it was a really good there's, coverage. Um, and yeah, I thought the coverage was good. Was good, but there's just two things that I want to get that would really, really take it to the next level. And the first one thing, thing is yeah, all right. focusing on. Well, sorry, first thing is focusing on people that are like further back. So not just the top five. Like if there's someone who's coming through the field, show us them coming through and show us some of the people in the top 20, you know, not just like if you're in top six. Because based on on the stats, you should know which people, what people are very likely to come through and make the race exciting on the bike off the back. You should know it off the stats. Yeah. And also just go back and show us some of the people and just so we can just see what's happening. Are they riding in groups? How do they look? You know, just to show a bit more balance. Maybe they need another motorbike in there and one motorbike just stays with the people that are in, say, from position 10 to 25, getting them mm-hmm. uh, with a camera. And then they can flick between the two, which would be even better because then the other motorbike hasn't got to spend a bit of time driving, you know, for a while to get to the front. Um, mm-hmm. And then the second thing is live power, heart rate data, and that, something to that the was conversation. A, that was what that I was thinking. That, was that is was the thinking. one thing that, yeah, if I could just get one more thing on it, that's what I want to see. And I want them to be able to get bits of data from it so they can say who's put out the highest power in the last 10 minutes, who's averaging the highest speed in the last 10 minutes, what their heart rates are, and show us something like that. Then that would be a game changer. It would be awesome then. that's just the, And when they're on the run, show us the live pace from their watch and heart rate. You imagine if you're and seeing that- Sam Long and Ditlev, you you know when they were really close in Colin Chartier? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine on the mm-hmm. run if you could see what their heart rates were while they were all closing together because Colin might have been working harder, but he looked good. And you're like, holy shit, like, is he going to blow his heart rate to 190, you know, for instance? You know, it would have been mm-hmm. awesome. And I just think if they showed that, that would be really, really entertaining. Same for that. Like, I mean, they, they it was in the heat. It was, I think it was 37 degrees, 70% humidity. That run was absolute flipping carnage. And that... That Colin Charté, I think he had the race of his life, didn't he? Well, he said it himself, but that looked uh, really, really good. We, and he's a proper oh, yeah. junkyard dog as well, Joe. Because remember when we had that, the couple of beers in South Africa, and we said everyone's invited. Colin was one of the dudes. Colin, Colin was there. Colin wasn't on the alcohol free. He was having a few beers, weren't he? He's definitely up for a laugh. 
Um, that was an awesome race from him. And like in them conditions, I'm so pleased I wasn't racing there because I would have fucking crumbled, mate, on that run. Dude, <laughs> Wouldn't you? Could you imagine 37 degrees? Oh, man, I wouldn't it would probably even Kona have, look have like made a, the swim. It'd make Kona look a walk in the park, wouldn't it? You know, that. Jesus. Yeah. Like, fair play. But um, uh, do you think what I found funny was uh, you had Michael Johnson there, right? Um, yeah. Michael Johnson, the sprinter. And during the uh, uh, pre-race interviews, at some point, he was saying, I don't know what, what point this was again, but he said to someone, you athletes are all way too nice to each other. Did he really? He said that, yeah. He wanted yeah, to be a I bit more banter. True. Yeah, 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 well, that's, uh, yeah, I, I like to say a bit more banter. Like, I've always been up for that, but that, that's true because, like, that they, 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 they're all like, uh, they're, they're too scared to say and stuff. But he was known for a bit of like, he was like really funny with his rivals, I think, from back in the day. I mean, he didn't really say anything bad about them, but he wasn't wanting to be friends with them, you know. And like, I mean, I'm not saying you don't want to be friends with them, you know, you might want to be friends, but like, it needs to be a little bit of banter between people, doesn't it? You know, at least, 100%. I mean, just to spice yeah. things up, you know. And because uh, we've seen this in the Collins yeah. Cup, that made that race so much more interesting. Yeah, and, and also you, you need to see this um, from a point of view of Rudolf again or Randolph, Randolph the butcher from Norwich that doesn't like triathlon but he like Lord the Rings or something. No, that's Gandalf. This is Randolph. Oh, <laughs> so we call him Randolph, Randolph the butcher from Norwich, and he just sits in Saturday night, tunes in on the TV, Eurosport One, boom, triathlon is on there, and then you want to put in them dodgy bits of the ra- or the pre-race interviews in like the race commentary or in into like the race and he, and he's thinking like oof these fruit loops had this before the race and now they're running after a swim and a flipping bike damn you know I mean it just the makes PTO it a bit more could have even cut they could have cut a scene in so when Sam was catching up with Laidlow they could have cut a scene into like the uh, PTO Dallas thing and said looks like Sam's about to catch uh, you know Long's about to catch Sam Laidlow this is what happened when the two met last time in the in the chat in uh, the Collins Cup, and then they could have showed the little bit, the clip from the interview where they like kicked off a bit and Sam stormed out the room, you know. And people would have thought, oh bloody hell, there's a bit of rivalry between here. What's going to happen when they catch yeah. each other? You know, that would have yeah, been yeah. like, yeah, they should use some of the old clips they have of where there has been some mm-hmm. like beef between people in the coverage, so like it just stirs it up a bit for people watching it, so it keeps you entertained because you're like, oh, them two have obviously got a bit of history. Like this is going to be interesting when the pass happens. Like, yeah. is is Sam Laidlow going to push him off the bike? <laughs> a massive, uh, massive improvement anyway of the uh, the coverage. Like I really enjoyed watching it, and especially men's race uh, got so exciting towards the end. Um, yeah, females race, holy damn, that that Ashley that was, Gentle, she yeah. can move, mate. Like holy crap. Um, that run was incredible that run what she did was, was probably yeah. one of the best runs i've ever seen like con- compared to considering there was all the top girls in the world there and to do six that minutes run back was six or seven minutes back yeah yeah but the yeah. men's race if well, you don't I know mean, what's happened and even in the women's i would say watch the last 30 minutes of each race but, like if you've only got 30 minutes or 40 minutes spare like that would be well worth watching it if you don't know if you didn't know who would win, or if you want to watch it and see how it unfolded because it was really good I'll, the last 30 40 minutes of each race it's just crazy um yeah yeah i mean if you were just looking at the the, the coverage it looked just like carnage like it was so hot humid and but everyone was just like battling. one thing i would 
One thing I'd like to say is about the races, though. I think it would be better if they picked different venues. You know, like the venue was a bit crap, wasn't it? The course was a bit crap. Like to be fair, like the race was actually yeah, well, good, but like maybe the course is crap. But what you want is just the same as in Formula One. If you make the course too big, you can't really have static cameras because now they ha- would have cameras in certain places. You can really get a great coverage. Same for if you do like uh, a time trial in the Tour de France will be, for example, 7K or 9K time trial, they would have these big static cameras on uh, certain points on the loop. And then you can have, you can keep control of the whole coverage the whole time and, and sure you get great coverage. And as soon as you do like a 20K oh, right, lap yeah. or whatever. Good point. That's, but that's imagine a race in Belgium where you had the bike course and say, even imagine if it was a shorter loop, like it could be a 15K loop, for instance, or mm-hmm. I don't know, 20K's tops loop. Um, and you went up, I'd say, yeah, have like, say, even if it was a 15K loop, six loops, and you went up a cobbled climb every lap. Imagine that, people on the cobbled climb. Yeah, and that'd on be the awesome. Run course, you had to had to run up the cobbled climb. Could you imagine people lining it, mm-hmm. afternoon race, they'd all be out there, like, drinking and stuff. Like, I've done Challenge Gerardsberg, and the atmosphere on the Muir is incredible. If you had a yeah, PTO yeah, race yeah. for the top 50 people in the world, it would be unreal. The atmosphere would be fucking Dude, insane. Insane. That I would think make Gen- one hell Gerard's of a race. Mayor, uh, um, what's it called on the Muir that would be flipping yeah Gerardsburg that would be flipping yeah going awesome. up the Muir five times in a Collins Cup in a PTO race would be absolutely incredible that would split the field up it would be absolutely mega to watch people are sometimes walking on their bikes towards the top and in the run course if you even had one time you had to run up the hill I think that would be unbelievable race the people would turn out it would be incredible to watch and they love it in Belgium and uh, they'd probably let you close the roads no problem That'd be insane. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that'd be uh, flipping awesome. The um, Instagram, first one you got to over the bullshit buster. Have we got a bullshit buster, Joe? I haven't got one, but you've got one, haven't you? Well, I did have a bullshit buster, but I couldn't really show you the video. So I'm like, what am I going to show? Just tell me about it then. Just tell me about it. Well, there was this video, I saw this video of a guy that was saying, I'm going to do this challenge and I'm the first one ever in the world that's going to do a full Ironman nose breathing. So no mouth breathing, nose breathing. So he was swimming with like, I don't know, his mouth taped or this specific device or whatever. And then he was doing the run and or he was doing the bike and the run with his mouth taped. So he's just breathing through his nose all day. And I'm thinking, Why? What's the sense? Yeah. Why would he do that? How long did it apart, take him to I'm, do I'm, it? Maybe I'm, I'm not, apart from the fact whether it was for a good cause or not, I'm not even sure if he did it, but I think it was just about the fact he would. Um, but I was thinking, yes. You should tell him, no, I, I did breathing. it in South Africa. I, did, I had COVID, <laughs> so I was just breathing through my nose. <laughs> yeah, but th- that's the thing. If you want to do it, you just go slower, don't you? Yeah, that's the thing, yeah. You're basically just limiting the oxygen, aren't you? You can take in, so there's exactly. less oxygen to go to the muscles. So anyone could do it it's just you're not going to go anywhere near as quick as exactly. you could do yeah a bit pointless so the, the nose breathing thing uh, itself to me is the bullshit buster yeah yeah it doesn't really seem any point in that i'd say it's a bullshit buster definitely yeah but maybe it gives him meditation relaxation what do you do that nose breathing any for what, what do you do what why do people do it anyway what for Something when they're about- training someone once told me that you can fake altitude training with nose breathing Oh, that's rubbish. He's probably kidding. just saying that because it's you're taking less oxygen in. So he's probably thinking at altitude, you're supposed to have less oxygen. 
So if I could just breathe through my nose, it'll be the same as altitude. That's, that would be like a proper bullshit buster, that word. That's like basically wearing one of them <laughs> altitude mask things that you can get. Have you seen them? You know, that like stop you from yeah, breathing yeah, in as yeah. much air. You put it, that would basically be like wearing one of them, but it's totally different. Like at altitude, it's just different air, different pressure. Whereas that's just a diff, that's just a lower yeah, amount yeah. of oxygen. Density, air density. It's not even the same. Yeah. What? So the whole the whole thing is one big bullshit buster. So much bullshit in the whole thing. One big bullshit buster. You'd say. It's just someone's thought. How can I but, make some easy money? Um, and he's... You know what? Well, no, There's no, salesmen no, that could sell them altitude masks. If you were a salesman, it could sell oh, them yeah, altitude masks. Oh yeah, yeah, the altitude masks. Yeah. Yeah, you could probably sell sand to an Arab if you can sell one of them, mate. Yeah, hundred percent. But um, yeah, for that guy that was doing the nose breathe thing, at least I got an awesome day of exercise in. Um. Joe, we had a bullshit buster last week that was um, Cam Worth doing the Super League triathlon, and we said we're curious whether it is, and he got eliminated. What do you think of that? And have you watched that? Oh, yeah, but he made it to the final, though, didn't he? And he nearly won. Well, like I it was know. in the third race. So almost, I'm, saying, so I'm, I'm, I'm asking, won, what was this? So was this the bullshit buster? So you're saying no? No, no, he almost won. He got into the final race. Oh, well. Did you not so see that it? That bullshit isn't busted. Mate, he was no, like, I didn't see it. He was like, he was like uprights up there, mate. Like, he was. I don't, I don't unlucky. have that Super League TV uh, stuff. Oh, yeah, he was just Couldn't unlucky, mate. It. He nearly won, nearly won Super League, mate. That's like unbelievable performance. <laughs> you're, you're you taking a piss, it. right? No, I'm not. He's a you're weapon, taking... mate. He's an absolute weapon. Like, he nearly won it. <laughs> yeah, I haven't watched it. What? It was off me. the Tell back on the swim, it. but it was off the back on the swim, but a couple of big waves came in. He body surfed it back up to the group, broke away on the bike, got caught on the run, survived the first round. Second round, a similar thing. Third round, there wasn't as much. Uh, there were the people, he couldn't get a wave, so he was off the back on the swim, lost it on the bike and got eliminated on the run, but he, he gave it a good show. That's uh, the most important thing. And he's, and he's having fun. Um, next year you could probably want... do it with him because if he can body surf a wave <laughs> in and stuff maybe there's hope for you you get through the swim mate dude you have seen me, like south south africa wasn't a swim was it it was like body surfing all over and i lost like two three minutes in like two three hundred meters so uh there's no nah, hope for you, me you're a 54 minute ironman swimmer now so things have changed that you're, you're on the I'm kind of a big deal i'm kind like, of a big deal now yeah who knows <laughs> Who knows what you could be doing next year? You could be at least swimming 52 minutes for an Ironman next year, and then you're in the mix. That was funny, here, though. Here you come. After that, after that swim, I got a couple of messages from Lucas Ward, from Josh Amberger, from Sam Laidlow saying, hey, mate, awesome swimmer. Welcome to the club. Like, awesome effort. <laughs> no, you didn't. No, you didn't. <laughs> I actually no, thought no. that might that sounded actually pretty believable then at first. I think, no way, surely not. <laughs> um, Instagram post of the week, Joe. Instagram post of the week. This is a restaurant on wheels, isn't it? It's like Deliveroo, but he's actually taking the restaurant instead of getting food from the restaurant, isn't he? Like exactly. this guy so has got. What, shall we call him Randolph again? Six sandwiches on there. Now call him something different, like um, I don't know, Boris. Br- Boris, Boris Burger. Boris we'll Burger. Boris. So this Boris is doing an Ironman. Uh, I think it's is this a seventy point three or is it a full? We don't even know what the it's distance be is. Full. But look, Surely he wouldn't take all that for but, a seventy point three. That would just be crazy. At, looking at what he's taken. 
we reckon it's a full distance. Um, anyway, no joke. He's doubled up in Morton's see... on his bike, mate. He's doubled up in Morton's, so he's got 160 grams of carbs in each bottle to get him through the 70.3. Wow, it's like fully on. He's got so he's got this bike stacked, racked in transition, and he's got a couple of bananas on his TT bars taped up it, and then on the top tube, he's got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven cheeseburgers taped to the frame. Are they seven actually cheeseburgers? cheeseburgers? They're cheeseburgers. Um, I can see they're without the pickles, but with extra onions. <laughs> Hopefully no jalapenos, otherwise that run could get a bit messy. Uh, <laughs> they'll definitely be walking. walking. Um, what, the thing is, what, would the, what, are, all right. what were you going to say? I was just going to say, the thing is, like, did he put the sandwiches on the night before he racked? Because surely that could he be did. a food poisoning risk, couldn't it? If no, I know, they left he that in did. The sun. Oh, my God. Dude, but, oh, but he trained. That is. That's so risky. He trained. He trained with fish and chips. But if he's risky like that with leaving food out overnight, God, imagine uh, what what he's like uh, in other areas. He's a real risk taker, this guy, isn't he? You know, God, like, he'd probably put all I his know. money on red in the ca- in the uh, casino and not have any worries, would he? You know, we had someone in Fondremol for us leaving the broccoli out for twenty four hours, and we had it the next day, mate. I think I'm still suffering from that broccoli back in Fondremol. Um, but yeah, this guy doesn't give a shit. He's just having the sandwiches on the bike. And I was going to ask you, what are the advantages of eating a cheeseburger during an Ironman? Like what would you, so you do an Ironman Wales and instead of like eating gels and all that, you're having like the full on, you could have done it. You won by 30 minutes. You could, you could have been fucking around with burgers. So please tell me, how would that work for you? I think it would be nice. It would have been all right. You know, it tastes nice, doesn't it? You know, a nice burger. Mm-hmm. Having a couple of them, I think it'd be quite relaxing, wouldn't it? You know, be like it, you could pretend you're out in a nice, nice scenic restaurant or something because you're riding through the countryside, you're having your burgers, you're going along, like life's good. Hopefully, the sun's shining. Yeah, I think it's, I can see why he's doing it. It's a nice experience. The story, the story is saying that he's got his bottles filled up with IPA. IPA. Yeah. Maybe it's like God. Hopefully, it's not athletic brewing IPA. No. With proper alcohol, it's on the beers and burgers. Right, be but anyway, burgers. I I am curious though, but I can't really see his start number. But how is I would run love to went? speak to this guy. We should get this guy on the podcast and actually speak to him and ask him how many burgers did he eat? What time did he do? What was his nutrition training in? It? What was his yeah. nutrition strategy in his training? Exactly. I wonder if, also, if anyone knows him. They should put us in touch. Yeah, put us we in touch. We need to get and Burger also, Man on. I've got so many questions I want to ask him. Dude, I'm getting more questions by the second. Because also, if you're eating like seven or eight burgers on the bike, how the fuck are you going to feel on that run? I know. Like, did he have to stop what, on the portaloo? And did, did he, he did he have burgers on the run? Did he finish the Ironman? Yeah, did he have what burgers did he have on the run? run? What did he... Was he drunk by the end of it? If he was drinking IPA in his bottles on the bike, did he have more in special needs? Did he have more on the run in special needs? Like, <laughs> yeah. There's just so... This just led to a whole world of unanswered questions that we've got we need to get burgerman on the show if anyone knows him we need to get burgerman and also if you then look at the details of his triathlon bike you look at his arm pads and his arm pads doesn't even have padding on it's just basically just iron where he's laying on just iron Man, this guy no doesn't padding. care does he this guy is this no. guy is hardcore i mean yeah, i, I want to know what level. he eats and train him like because people say don't they you need to practice your nutrition strategy and training so what do you do go out on multiple bikes a week eating five burgers how many he must eat like literally 20 burgers a week no problem and then what does he eat to recover from these training rides like because and, he's obviously getting a lot of protein in <laughs> and apart from that joe 
Um, looking at this uh, this guy's nutrition plan, do you think he's running around with a glucose monitor? Nah, definitely not. Wouldn't be no point with that. That thing would be fried straight away. You know, not only glucose. Imagine. I mean, I think he, if anything, he Fat. needs something a, cholest- a cholesterol test or something to check his cholesterol, yeah. not a glucose monitor. A cholesterol monitor. <laughs> yeah, he needs a cholesterol monitor. This guy, <laughs> like carbs, is the least well, of his worries. So anyway, if if you know this guy, please get us in touch because we want to get him on shortly for some uh, questions. We are going to see, though, it's Friday right now. Joe, if you've got the time and energy, we should do another, like, a new one for next week on, like, uh, well, the regular one, the Tuesday one. I'll be um, ready, mate. I'll be ready on Monday. And then we've got the the Race Week podcast after that, the week after that. And I'll be probably maybe doing some specials. We'll, we'll talk about that behind the scenes. Well, yeah, if you want to, uh, if you want to get any people, they can always uh, come around here. If anyone's in Kona and they want to come on the podcast, and uh, they could come come around here and do it with me or something like that. Oh yeah, you could do that, or they could borrow a mic, and I could yeah. like yeah, well, they could borrow we the could mic. do both. So uh, I want to yeah, get. Yeah, we'll what think about, about we that. Get, we could try and get Craig Alexander on the show. Former winner, he's up for a he's up for a bit of a laugh. Uh, Is he? And he'd have some banter. Yeah, that would be a good person to get on the show. <laughs> All right. Anyway, um, Jody, good luck with the training. Your day is starting. My mine is about to finish. Hopefully, I'll have ride um, Manakia, mate, and have some stories to tell. So, what do you think is tougher, riding up the Manakia with four and a half thousand meters of elevation, or suppressing four and a half thousand kilos of apples tomorrow? Uh, I would probably say suppressing four and a half thousand kilos of apples. I'd much rather ride up Manakia. I'm sat down the whole day, aren't I? That's that's it. But I, I, I want to see these videos of the gravel section. Post them on the Triathlon Mockery Instagram and you can do a poll. Will I make it up on a one by TT bike? All right, I'll have a little... Uh, <laughs> with road mate. wheels. With road wheels. Um, yeah. We'll see what training. the people say. <laughs> Cheers. Keep cracking and uh, I'll take to, talk to you later. See you, bye-bye.